Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of LocoCast.net, episode 15. We're halfway to being old enough to be responsible adults. I'll never be old enough to be a responsible adult. <laughs> that is my co-host, Craig Maloney, Mystery Responsible, teamed up with myself, who I like to say is the uh, poster child for we'll never, ever grow up. So. <laughs> hey, as long as you guys keep downloading them, we'll keep making them. <laughs> there you go. So what's up, Craig? How you doing? I am okay. It's uh, it's been it's been a bit of a, a week, if you will. Uh, yes. Spent a little time today with quality time with the computer, cleaning out its innards. I think my computer has this uh, much like uh, much like older women have uh, a penchant for collecting hummels. Mine has a penchant for collecting dust. Yeah, most of them seem to do that once in a while. It's kind of amazing how nasty those computers can get. Oh, good God, yes. Well, that's good. That's always a good thing. Preventing fire, you know, potential is also good. Yeah, overheating. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I've been working very, very hard on recovering from the most amazing PyCon seven days of Python code ever. I hadn't heard anything about PyCon. Yeah, so, no. It's under my radar. Yeah, it kind of sneaks right by on you. So hopefully, <laughs> no, I just want to say um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the flood of material out there, even though I know that we tend to concentrate on the Ubuntu loco side being both Python fans and developers and such, uh, we thought it was a good chance to get some good interviews. And we try to make some Python in there. We got some some people that work for Canonical on the interviews and stuff. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that flood of material. I know we've had more hours of content, more downloads, more everything in the last uh, couple of weeks than we've we've had, you know, year to date. So that was very exciting and very cool. And uh, hats off to Craig, who, while I was doing the interviews and trying to upload them at, you know, 28k connections through a stupid hotel wi-fi um craig was doing all the awesome editing and getting them together and and thank you helping to get those things out the door in a timely fashion so everyone needs to go and uh send some coffee gift certificates craig's way for sure wow (laughs) hey if you didn't do it we wouldn't have had them so Anyways, uh, hopefully you guys liked it. If you have any comments or feedback, you know the email address. It's feedback at localcast.net. So send it our way. We'd love to hear what you guys thought. And hopefully you like interviews because we've uh, gotten some connections and we're lining some stuff up, including an interview today we're going to have with you um, from a Canonical developer working on the Unity team, uh, actually on the what they call the DX team, uh, Jason Smith. So that'll be fun to get to in a minute. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So first up, what's going on? Um, events. PyCon's over, so we can stop talking about it. Yay. The next... <laughs> no, dude, there's no... That was the most amazing thing ever. If you can't go uh, to PyCon, I completely understand, but you should be at these PyOhio, Ohio Linux Fest, whatever local regional thing that you guys have, you should be going to it because... It you know PyCon was basically those except you know by a factor of magnitude of ten larger and, and more awesome so um, get out there and get to these things it's just amazing motivating educational you know connection wise um, it's just crazy I I would say I will say that you know I wish I had gone before because I I had been trying to get a job in Python for several years and I had a hard time because I was learning it and all that. There were so many companies looking for people that, you know, to have the chance to sit down and and BS with the guy over dinner versus going through the here's my resume. Please hope it gets through HR process alone would have been worth going to the event, you know. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. 
So we've got uh, the Global Jams happening. Uh, it'll be about the weekend uh, from when this is released. So they should be showing up pretty soon. Yeah, and ours is on the 3rd of, of April. Yeah, what are they doing? The 1st, 2nd, or 3rd? Pick your day for your loco and get together and work on stuff? Right. So the Michigan Loco is going to be happening on the 3rd over at SRT Solutions in Ann Arbor. Uh, Definitely head on out that way. I think I'm going to be heading out that way. Yeah, I plan on being there. Definitely. I I missed the last one or maybe the last two, but um, I got it on the the radar this year. Right, hon? I get to go, right? Where? I get to go out to Ann Arbor this weekend. No. She doesn't realize it, but she said yes before, so... (laughs) (laughs) anyway so go out and participate um they're starting to get together i'll have a link in the show notes because i don't have it ready for me uh an irc session about how to do like iso testing and stuff like that coming up so make sure you figure out what you guys are going to work on uh team up together and work on it and help uh, help get some bugs cleaned up for natty for sure we've also got uh the release parties for natty showing up at the end of April as well. I know ours is going to be at PenguinCon on the 30th of of April. And those are a lot of fun. I know we've always had people, we've had people come up from Ohio and stuff before to ours. And it's kind of funny because, you know, our our little loco seems like a small group at times because we all talk constantly with a small group. But the uh, release parties are a great chance to get everyone who's not normally in the circle involved to come out and, you know, do some installs, you know, kick back and, you know, have a beer or whatever. So get those things together and make sure you have some space and get the word out for sure. And bring some USB keys because it seems like everyone's bringing the, the CDs yeah. and CDRs and that. And nobody has CD drives on their computers anymore as far as I can tell. And USB is so much faster anyway. I tell you. <laughs> listen to a, a CD-ROM drive spin up and I'll, I, I cringe at the thought. <laughs> so PenguinCon also happening at the end of the month. Yeah, end of April. So, end of April? Yeah. That'll be fun. We'll have to figure out what we're going to do there. Um, Definitely. Don't have a set interview list, but maybe we can find some crazies to talk with us. We'll we'll, we'll play Spot the Furry. <laughs> oh, no. No, <laughs> we won't submit that to the folks. <laughs> So let's let's set this up a little bit here. So Unity is coming, like it or not. Um, <laughs> no, um, you know, we, what we what we heard from the Reddit commenters and from the the folks on on our comments. When we asked for comments. Was a lot of people are really looking forward to this. It's just, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll stop doing that joke. That's one. That's kind of lame now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But so no, we uh, we we put out the word looking for questions, and I want to say. Thank you to Fenre, I don't know, F-E-N-R-E-H from Reddit, who did have a few good questions that we gave out to, uh, we, we pitched over to Jason to answer. Um, but So Jason is a developer on the desktop experience team f- for Canonical, working on Unity. Um, he mentions, you'll see in the interview, he mentions that the launcher is his baby. So if you have launcher complaints, we'll give you his email address later. Uh, <laughs> No, no, seriously. Um, I, I have to say that, you know, you and I have both had our, you know, we've said our piece about how we're not exactly sure this is going to work out. And it's definitely, I, I don't think it's right for me at this point, personally. Well, but it's coming. So um, let's head on to the interview and we'll catch you on the other side. 
All right. Well, I'm recording here with uh, Jason Smith from Canonical, who works on the Unity team. And Craig, I think we've uh, we've 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 managed to wrangle somebody in from Canonical itself again. This is always fun. Make sure not not to leave the door open this time around. Whoa, the door open? Well, yeah. So they can't escape. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yes, we're on our top game. I think all three of us got little sleep last night. It sounds like we're all going to be a fun uh, bunch of people today. But, uh, Jason, why don't we do the intro? Um, I know who you are a little bit, but it's been a long time since I've chatted with you. So uh, who you are, what are you up to? Well, uh, I'm a 23-year-old software developer based out of Kalamazoo. I've been working with Canonical for about two years now, and... Uh, just kind of doing my own thing. I started off doing Gnome Do and Doppy yeah. back in the day. Dude, man, how's uh, that going? I haven't. I, I mean, I stopped using it a long time ago, or whatnot. But I remember, I remember all that when I mean, I created the first packages back when PPAs just started up, and George was like, "Hey, check out this launcher." You'll, you know, I, I came from a Mac and I, I missed Quicksilver, and uh, Gnome Do was up and coming, and then you, you got involved there, and uh, really, you guys were rocking some stuff for a while. Yeah, so when Gnome Do first came out, it was like this really cool launcher, but it looked like crap. It was just kind of flat, and the icons just popped in. So I, you know, I thought, hey, this would be a great place to kind of get in there and start doing some UI work. And, and that really started my whole love with doing user interface work and, and making things that are just kind of flowy and animated and stuff. And uh, that kind of transitioned itself into working on Docky, too, which was another big flowy UI known for being kind of fluid and polished. Yeah, you still working on that? I'm not, unfortunately. I, I kind of miss it, but it's in good hands now. It's in good hands. That's good to know. Um, so a couple years at Canonical. Yeah, how's that been for you? You know, Canonical is actually really great. The people there are really nice, but it's so busy. I mean, there's yeah. really no It's downtime. a constant startup mentality, isn't it? It really is. You're just constantly running and going, and things are coming at you from 10 different directions. And you just try to make sense of it all and get one thing done. That's right. You're 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 23. You're a kid still. This is the time to do it now. You can you can get the old man desk job later. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Boy, that that froze everybody for a minute. Thanks, thanks for the lead balloon there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Next to my anchor. Jeez. <laughs> so all right, let's let's get to the meat of this here. You're working on the Unity team. Yeah, I work on the DX team, and then there's a Unity shell team inside of that that's led by Neil Patel. What's uh, what's DX? DX stands for Desktop Experience. Ah, uh, okay, I gotcha. Cool. And uh, how so? Like, how big is the team you work on? Uh, I think it's around like 15 people right now in wow. DX. Just in and DX? Then, yeah, just in DX. It's it's around that size. It kind of fluctuates, but. Uh, because we have rotations and things like that within the company. Right. Yeah. No. I, I we've interviewed a few people. And it seems like the people kind of float around a little bit. They work on this for you know a couple of years, and they go to something else for a couple of years. Or um, yeah, and you kind of borrow people from teams throughout cycles and stuff like that. So it can be a kind of a yeah kind of thing. Unity's a hot target point, so I'd imagine you guys have a little bit of pull in the company right now. A little bit. You you'd be surprised <laughs> how little it can be sometimes. Oh. Um, I have to say, we, we, we posted it uh, to Reddit for requests for comments and questions, and I have to say that Unity just seems to be like a rousing success. It seems like the community is right behind it 100%. Uh, <laughs> nobody is, is really complaining about it. Um, yeah. 
you well, have a uh, strong sense of sarcasm, I see. <laughs> it's on it's on high. Yeah, not a lot of folks are really looking forward to this, which I, I, I'd like to know your thoughts on that, being that you're in the trenches. Well, uh, I see it kind of two ways. I, I think that there are people that are very concerned about uh, looking at changing their entire desktop experience and getting away from the old GNOME setup and getting away My from the up. dual panels. <laughs> Change is uh, always bad, right? It never works out for the good. Right. Uh, but I also think that there's like this situation where the people that are just content with it don't really say anything. And the yeah. people who like it aren't going to like hop on Reddit to just say I like it. But the people right. who don't like it, they kind of complain a lot. Well, uh, we've... Uh... Craig and I both experimented with it a little bit, and and we're not your average Joes. And so I, I find interest uh, Unity very very interesting because um, it seems like a culmination of a lot of recent work in the last few years, as far as doing more user studies, putting people behind machines and watching and stuff that open source doesn't tend to do a lot of. Now that there are you know some kind of companies involved, they're they're putting forth some of the effort to do the studies in order to kind of find out how to make things better. And it seems like Unity is something that's coming out of this. It does. There's a ton of user testing that goes on. The design team is constantly doing user testing. I think they just did a whole round of it recently, or they're doing it very soon. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our design decisions come back, and they're, they're a result of user testing. And actually, uh, as a software developer, it kind of means that your target sometimes moves because we'll start doing something and be like, oh, user testing came back, so that sucked. Do something else. Yeah, so what's involved with that? Like, do you have, like, a general idea? Have you sat in on that? Or do you, do you get, like, some video of, of how people use things? Or how does that work? I'm f well, from my point of view, it's kind of like a black box. So, like, we'll get, like, a design specification, and we'll implement it. And then it'll go back for, like, a second round of user testing. Because they usually do, like, a, a mock-up or something first to right. do some initial user testing. And then it'll go back for user testing again. And then the results of that will either come back good and we don't really have to do much with it or it'll come back and they'll say, and this isn't really working. And so here are the changes we've made to try to adjust for that. And right. then, you know, we want you to kind of implement that specification. And the DX team will kind of look at that and decide what's feasible, what's not, and try to you know come up with something that we think we can ship. Okay. So the, so the people that are doing the testing, is that a, that's a different team then, it sounds like? That would be the design team, yeah. Okay. Man, see, we need we need a flowchart for you guys here uh, to to include with <laughs> the right. episode. So you put at the top product strategy, and then below <laughs> that, design DX, <laughs> and then DX is kind of broken up. Gotcha. Um, so what's what's the big picture goals that we've got here with Unity? I mean, Unity's a, a big a big change, and what's like the the you know the thirty thousand foot view of what what you know Canonical's trying to do with Unity as a whole. Well, I think a lot of it's in the name. They want to unify the whole experience across all of your devices. And so Unity is a piece of a system that is both Unity, Ubuntu One, notifications, all these things coming together to form, form this experience where everything seems to work together no matter what device you're on. And so Unity is part of that. Um, would you say that's a driving factor, though, with it? I mean, it seems that there's a lot of stuff that's been going in for tablet usage and that, that, I don't know, as a desktop user, I'm not sure that that would be something that I'd particularly care about because I've got a mouse in front of me. So I think that it is a driving factor. Um, okay. Because we'll look at it and we'll say, well, how can we make sure that when we 
want to do a different form factor, you know, that this this interface will still work, that we can take the elements from this existing interface and kind of remix them into this other form factor over here. Okay. Um, well, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah? No, go ahead, go ahead. You don't know. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't know that necessarily that the the mouse is always considered the number one target. Right. It seems uh, right now, especially with the, the advent of all these tablet devices and stuff coming out, that, that there is a big push for, you know, uh, uh, some some rethinking of UI. The touch devices are, are a huge, uh, you know, deal going on right now. And, um, I, you know, Apple, for instance, has their, their little touchpad mouse replacement kind of thing. So I know that the touch is big and everything, but it still seems that um, for the most part so far, the world seems to be split between content creation and content consumption type devices. And the interfaces for those are two different things. You tend to have, you know, uh, a different interface for your consumption, whereas for your creation, for your developers, your coders and stuff, your, your uh, writers actually use a different interface. Are you guys just trying to, to shoehorn them both into one or is there thought about the two or how or does that come up on your guys' discussions? Uh, from the DX side of things, uh, I, I have to admit we're, you know, not not involved in those discussions as much as I I'd you. like to see us. Um, you know, I, I gotta say that when it comes to at being a coder, you know, I, I'm a programmer, so I'm a creator on my system. Uh, I, I'm also on the run road a lot. I travel a lot. I'm always working on my laptop and. Ever since this touch stuff has started coming in, and not like touch screen, I'm not a fan of those, but mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of all the touch interactions I can do on my uh, my touchpad now. Right. And it, it really has boosted my productivity a bit. Well, and you could definitely answer that and help me with a question here, though, because um, I had a rant earlier where I was kind of wondering, I know a lot of the user testing brings in people that are new to, new to Linux or haven't used it before um, and all that. And I know that there's a big push to win the mass market. And I often wonder if, you know, the people that came to Linux because they got their extra switches and configure options and choices and all that are are not, you know, the, the quote, target audience going forward with this. But since you're doing development on there, I mean, you you know, you tell me, you convince me, what, what makes Unity great for, for a developer, for someone who's a little bit more of a power user than, you know, Joe Schmo, who's in these user studies? So when we did uh, Unity Maverick, one of the big issues was it was based on this window manager mutter and you really couldn't change much about it. It was like completely, you know, what you got was what you used. That was it. Right. Uh, so one of the driving factors behind the new version of Unity was that we got to use Compiz as a base. And by bringing in Compiz, we got to bring in all the power of the existing ability to configure Compiz and change all these options and, and support all these insane setups that developers like to create, but still ship this amazing, beautiful Unity interface. And if you look at the options for the Unity interface itself, well, some of the... Uh, options that people would like are not there yet there actually are quite a few different options to change how it behaves a uh, couple hiding options how to options dealing with the animations a couple of other things uh, i think that what we'll see is that as we progress you know this first cycle is going to be largely about nailing defaults getting everything right and then as we progress we'll start moving into okay how can we support the power use better how can we support the you know the the first time user better. Yeah, it seemed and, like this is a two-step process. 
Yeah, I really, I really think it is. Like this cycle has just been all about nailing those defaults. Well, that that, that definitely brings me to one of my questions was was you know what what are the the goals that uh, with Unity that are reachable and and our natty release coming up here in April um, that you guys are really making sure that you hit and what are some of the things we should be looking forward to in you know eleven dot ten and and you know natty plus one and natty plus two. So uh, reachable things for eleven oh four here. Um, we wanted to get basic multi-touching and i'm not kidding i literally started it last week and i landed it the the, the final pieces went in like at like two o'clock a.m yesterday <laughs> and it, it's actually come together really nice but uh we we wanted to get that in and we just barely got that in by the hair of our chinny chin yeah because freezes freeze is coming up here when is freeze was freeze was it today or was For, it coming Freezes in two weeks ago or okay. something like that. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. We've been writing these things called feature freeze exceptions, which is basically like the please, we know we're late, but take it anyway kind of document. Okay. <laughs> um. So what about uh, the future? What 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 thing are you, you going to sell me on to try it now? Because it'll get better in the next Natty Plus One and Two. So things that are going to get better in Natty Plus One is that we want to get more integration between the way that you handle like your your window list. So traditionally, you had like that bar at the bottom that had like all your different windows, right? Right. And there was very little connection between that and the window manager. Basically, you would click on it and the window manager would focus it, but you couldn't really do much with it. It wasn't involved in anything like Alt-Tab or window switching beyond just click and it goes there. So we want to get a lot more integration between what the shell is doing and what the window manager is doing. So you'll see things like uh, touch interactions between there and the ability to uh, preview windows through that uh, that thing, uh, launcher. There we go. That's the word. <laughs> the technical term? The developer is full of the technical terms here. Oh, man. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the ability to integrate so closely with the window manager and the shell is, I think, the killer feature that we'll be able to bring. Well, that's cool. Um, I, I, I mean, I know as someone who uh, I, I'm a I'm a tiling fan myself, so I know I I don't tend to, to really use the menu bars, you know, the the bars for that kind of stuff anyway. So um, definitely controls over your windows that don't involve, uh, you know, pressing buttons on things. Is seems like a kind of cool idea. Um, that kind of leads me to I had heard that I, I was talking with someone down at PyCon. And um, I, you know, expressed my concern about how I, I, I kind of feel like that. Uh, it seems like from an outsider who's just watching the blog posts and things that, that you know that the developers and power users aren't represented in the in the Unity design process. And he kind of told me that there were a few different camps that were representing the different user groups. And he said basically that uh, came across that Mark um, Shuttleworth was actually the developer power user representative that he's pushing some of the things, you know, some of these uh, advanced, you know, more features uh, and, and toggles and things that, that we would want. Um, I mean, have you been involved with that? You kind of get a feel for that? Uh, yeah, so uh, there are definitely camps. I would say that the camps kind of fall into, and, and these are generalizations, but oh, no, they fall definitely. into basically three categories. And in the design team, they really kind of focus on that new user experience, the, the guy who's never used Ubuntu before, and how can we get him and keep him. Uh, and I would say Mark cares about that. And he also is kind of like the the power user focus kind of guy. He, he wants the more advanced features that he's used to. And 
and you know it kind of shows up in what he requests and how he talks about things and i think he's definitely you know really smart for talking about that stuff and then uh you know there's the dx team and we're like you know the hardcore programmers we have insane desktops and we have really crazy requests and wants and desires and so there's always in our back of the mind of you know, if, if we can't put a feature in, we'll at least code it in a way that we could in the future. Uh, that's cool. I will say as someone from an outside, um, I, I feel like that side's very underrepresented. You know, the, um, the, the designer guys have their blog posts about how, oh, we did another study and we learned this and that. And, and oh, we're going to take away these features because it confuses people or it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I, I, I put the whole like, you know, no minimize, maximize button removal in the same kind of category. You hear about that. that. No, that's why I said, I said that, you know, no, no, I'm doing that. I put it in the same category just as a side of like, you know, Hey, we're doing this for the new user kind of thing, but you don't often see black blog posts on the planet that are like, Hey, you know what, you know, we're adding this super power feature for advanced users or or we're adding these great keyboard. I have seen a couple, I guess, keyboard shortcut related uh, posts, but, but not a whole lot. Uh, It seems like, that kind of gets that impression that we're underrepresented out there. So uh, one of the things I started doing kind of early on in this development cycle actually was uh, the idea of just adding options and then trying to get design to test them. Uh, so a- as a user, I would come up and be like, wow, this really isn't working for me. I need a different setup for my development. Mm-hmm. And so uh if you actually open CCS, the Compass Config Settings Manager now, and you click on the Ubuntu plugin, you'll see a tab that's experimental. And the history of that is basically a couple days, I was like, wow, this is not working for me. I'm just going to add some extra options, throw them in this experimental tab, and see if anybody yells at me. And fortunately, nobody did. And in fact, uh, a couple of those options have now kind of become the defaults. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, there is a there is a method for the really nerdy and geeky users to kind of get some voice in and get some design in. That's good to know. I didn't know that there was these extra settings in the Compass Manager stuff. I mean, admittedly, my use my use has been limited to a couple hours if I'm going to try it out and, you know, try to at least put it in front of me for a minute and see what I think, and, and I've kind of run away quickly every time I've tried that. <laughs> um, but I really I, strongly suggest when you do that, try it with a touchpad that has multi-touch support. Just yeah, for see, I, I, I hate touchpads. I'm a I'm a ThinkPad guy. Give me uh give me the old-fashioned track uh, track point, um, or else. <laughs> okay, I have to say I'm, I'm in the same camp. I've got a ThinkPad, and I, the first thing that I did with that was find the BIOS setting and turn off the touchpad. Yeah, it just got oh. in my way. But uh, uh, but no, but it's it's interesting. I, I I you know to give it a fair shake, I think you're right. You guys definitely. That's why I'm, I want to kind of get you know get some get one you know get someone from your team on here because, admittedly, I'm probably not the target audience. So and honestly, if <laughs> that's putting it mildly, <laughs> all right. Well, so but you know so I, I don't want to just rag on it without any kind of just cause. I, I kind of like to you know to get other opinions and stuff and get you know your guys' side and all this and kind of make this you know get this out there to everybody to let them know that that you haven't forgotten about everybody you know the uh, the existing user base I guess. Little developers out there. Yes. I think the thing that we see it is is that this cycle we're we know that we're going to screw some stuff up. You're gonna like, take a hit, buddy. We're gonna take a hit. <laughs> I'll let you know right now. <laughs> I'll let you know right now. I'm I'm sitting back, I'm very interested to see how it how it all goes down. But then again we have to do it. Yeah, you no know, we can't learn. 
so often though, I mean, you know, big change is very loud at first and then a year down the road, you don't hear anything anymore. So I'm secretly hoping that, that you guys do some great stuff to con- you know, convince people once they actually sit in front of it for sure. I know I, one complaint really of that. I know one complaint that seems to be leveled a lot at, at Ubuntu is that it is very much like the Macintosh interface. And I was wondering if you could speak to the design decisions that are going into this. Well, early on, it, it kind of felt to me a little bit that way too. Like, wow, we moved the buttons to the left, and we, you know, which I su- I did anyway. I mean, I'm I'm one of the few freaks out there that's like, you know, I I move the buttons over to the left anyway. <laughs> Craig, Craig Craig's half fanboy, just so you know. I'm I'm half Mac. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, my developer is actually a Mac. Uh, I don't have OS X installed on it anymore to my Linux cred, but it is a Mac. Um, but I have to say, some of the design decisions, like the uh, the scrubbing of the menus on the menu bar, making right. the notification area much more accessible, uh, are, are, are smart moves. I think the launcher similarity to the OS X dock is mostly superficial. The way they interact, the way they work, is actually quite different yeah i'm i'm not too much of a fan of how the launcher is working currently or when i've looked at it back in alpha 2 uh you're killing me that's my baby uh, i i wrote is most it? of okay. the launcher <laughs> uh, well the the problem that i have with it is that if i right click on something the menus seem ex- incredibly spartan for what i'm expecting to see i'm expecting to see stuff you know like minimize or or you know hide or something along those lines and i'm not catching any of that at all yeah so there's two things that are worth mentioning in this is in this instance and the first is that if you i would suggest right clicking on the evolution icon at some point um, okay and i'll do that really quick just to pull it up uh, you'll get compose new message, context calendar, and then the standard options. Beauty. Um, yeah, I know. There's a, a couple others that are kind of like that, and I don't know why I'm having trouble finding them right now, but there are out there. But there's a whole specification for how to add options into desktop files. So as we progress, there will be more and more options in those menus. Okay. As for things like minimize and restore and that kind of thing, um, there's a dbus api through libunity that basically allows any external application to insert menu items into it um okay but it's not coming by default though sounds like you're looking for a third-party uh add-on there buddy (laughs) yeah at this point i i would say that nobody has told me i can do that Start I'm code. giving you permission right now. <laughs> start, <laughs> start hacking, Craig. Start hacking. Dbus. That's it. You can do that with Python. Yeah, there. <laughs> it would take like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, what's uh, the, so? What's the second thing? You said there were two main points to bring out of that. What was the second one? Because that was a, that was a good first one. I like that. What? <laughs> yeah. No worries. <laughs> All right. Never mind. No. Uh, originally, you said that there were two main things in the situation to bring up. The first was about that uh, some of the apps had more support than others, and that. That they were they were, they would come because of the API. Yeah, so so the the main points were that the the first one is going to be that there you can add things into the desktop file. I got you. And that's going to be patched in both by the Ubuntu project, and we're trying to get upstreams to just do it. And then the second is that we're going to have the ability for external developers to come in and add features just. 
basically randomly so that they can uh, ship a tiny little executable and all it does is it populates the launcher with a bunch of menu items or, or adds progress bars or whatever. And you can do that pretty easily. In fact, really easily. Yeah, I saw one uh, one ad on that George was showing that really tickled my MacBoy fanism. Uh, with the uh, the little notifications inside the launcher, that's one thing that I absolutely love about OS or OS ten. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, is the uh, the little badges that uh, the dock has for like you know, say if you have a new message, it'll just put like a one in there or however yeah. many messages. I love that, that. Was really fun to implement. I loved doing that. Thank that, you. That was my favorite feature that came down. Is that I, I got to write all this really incredible drawing code, which was fun. I know I must sound like a huge nerd saying that, but... No, it's awesome. It's awesome that we're doing that. No, that's coders, man. It's all good. <laughs> but that brings up... Uh, so how how has the upstream reception been? Between... I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that you guys would, I'm sure, love to have upstream people handling, like the... Uh, the, uh, the the indicators and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and now you've got, you know, launcher shortcuts and all that. Um, how well has that been going for you guys? It's it's hard because I really feel like we could have collaborated better, both us and them, um, and them being the GNOME project. Uh, I really feel like there's, like, this feeling of bad blood between both camps and that... Uh, if that wasn't there, maybe we could have collaborated better or whatever, but that's just not how things went. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I really think that the relationship we have with KDE now should be the relationship we have with GNOME. With KDE, everything's just smooth. We talk to them. Uh, we find compromises. We use each other's work. Uh, they're using the indicator stuff now. They're using the desktop entry specification stuff. Uh, you know, it just makes sense that no one would, you know, want to have the same relationship. But I'm not sure that our goals are close enough that they want to do that. Yeah, I think Gnome Shell, from what I saw, this is a long, 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 long time ago. It seemed like they wanted to do a lot of this type of stuff, but I, I didn't really see them. Let's put it the first way. The, the same culture shock that I had with Unity... I had with Gnome Shell when I first saw it, and I was like, you're kidding me. This is what's going to be coming down the pike. And, you know, that's that's when you start pulling out the CDs and, and start thinking about what other distribution <laughs> are you going to hop to. Uh-oh. Well, with Gnome Shell, it's what other uh, desktop environment are you going to hop to. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> what else what else should we make sure that we know about that we should tell everybody about about unity as a whole i think that the important thing about unity is that it it's a long-term development and people need to think of it as not a final product but something that will continue to evolve and be developed and uh really work its way into their entire technological ecosystem it's not just going to be you know sort of like a one to one yeah. Okay. Remember when Ubuntu One first came out and nobody liked it? Right. And then over time, it's gotten much, much better. And what? I think a Unity is probably going to end up going through a similar kind of teething phase. Was there any thought to making it like a not default but an option as it got worked on to kind of 
be able to, you know, enable it, play with it in the background, but not, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to say it, you guys are force feeding it, but you know what I mean? It, there wasn't just a thought to it. That's the threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the, the release team comes to us and says, if you guys don't make this work to our standards, that's what we have to do. Uh, because at the end of the day, this isn't still like set in stone. I gotcha. Like the release team can still decide, no, Unity doesn't make our cut. We're shipping no. So how close how close are you guys to meeting the goals they've set for you? <sighs> right now we've hit the feature goals. Cool. So all the major features we needed to hit have been hit. Uh now it's down to polish. We have to make sure that it doesn't crash, that it doesn't leak memory, that it doesn't do a lot of things that are very negative for your shell to be doing. <laughs> they tend to be bad, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of those processes that really needs to be just kind of flawless. And it's... so that's what these next weeks and month are going to be about. Well, and you guys do a lot of your development out in the open. I know you guys have your burn down charts and stuff. Are these things that people can follow along if they were really interested? They wanted to kind of keep an eye on, on what was going on and how it was going down, uh, maybe a little bit closer than just following, you know, Planet Ubuntu? Yeah, so long as they don't have a weak heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the best place to follow is on Launchpad. We have milestones every week. Uh, with those milestones, you'll see that everybody will get assigned different bugs, and then we'll try to fix them. And some of them will fall over to next week, some of them will get fixed, some of them will get marked as unfixable, whatever. Uh, and following that is really going to, you know, looking at that, we'll really track and see where our progress is going. If too many of those get pushed back, we're not going to hit our policies. If we start nailing them off really quickly, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we're going to hit it. You know, a couple weeks have gone by in a row now where we've been knocking off like 65 plus bugs every week. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. As you said at the beginning, you've been a little busy, have you? <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. nights. And that, that partly comes from the fact that, you know, I have a coworker in Australia, but. Yeah. Time zones, you got to love that remote working thing. Uh, that whole circular Earth thing, it's annoying. Yeah. Why doesn't the sun just stay put? <laughs> All right, well, let's let's put Unity aside. Um, Natty's coming here, and it's coming in a hurry. You guys all run it internally, right? I mean, um, basically everyone at Canonical's running this stuff as you guys go, right? You're dogfooding it as you go? Yeah, we are big on dogfooding. Everybody is on Natty, was on Natty by three months ago cool and i think i was like one of the last people to switch because i my macbook wouldn't run it <laughs> oh but so outside of unity what what's the the cool hotness in natty that uh, you're excited about personally so the one cool thing in natty that i'm really looking forward to is firefox 4 i'm so excited to have that out and i know that's not like a canonical development and it's kind of a of a you know but it's still a shipping development yeah yeah and Firefox 4 is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, just because it's so shiny and nice. So you haven't moved to Chrome? I actually moved to Chrome, and then Firefox 4 started you know, coming out in development, and I moved back. Really? What's, what's the great stuff in Firefox 4 that you're really loving? If, at least on my computer, it's, it's actually got fewer rendering bugs for me, and it's, it's very fast. I like the tab management it's got going on. Uh, it does have a better base of uh, extensions, 
that yeah. Chromium simply hasn't built up yet. Which ones? Uh, like just an example of one that you really you really can't live without. Well, uh, Chromium has a couple of those uh, tab management extensions that deal with like a grouping of tabs and right. Really, I just enjoy the whole experience. And honestly, I got off Chromium again like three months ago, so I haven't been up with it at all lately. Okay, well that's that's cool though. That's that's good to know. I mean, you know, it, it's definitely a big thing to have Firefox out there. It's definitely awesome to get the new versions out in the base install for everybody for sure. Oh, and the uh, the uh, scroll bar thing. You've seen this, right? The what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh, hold on. Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, yes, they are public. Um, so, uh, the overlay scroll bars. Oh, the scroll uh, bars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. But that's, that's like a big touch interface thing. So you're, you're talking to two. No, it's not. I thought that was the it's point not. of them was that, that you could, they were more easily to manipulate via touch interface. No, the point to oh. me, the big point of them is that they're like way nicer looking. Oh, I gotcha. And, and they work just fine with a mouse. Like, the interaction for a mouse interaction is identical okay. in terms of where you go to click and you just drag the same. And they just but, kind of they kind of grow larger so they're more, more visible and more easy to, to, to pull around. Right, and then they, they're not eating up screen space, which is so important for developers, you know. Definitely. As someone running my tiling window manager with no Chrome at all, I completely agree. <laughs> exactly. So you're obviously really, really bu- uh, busy. Is there any kind of personal projects that you still tinker with on the side? You're not really messing with Docky a whole lot anymore. Is there anything new and exciting that, you know, we should be digging out? I don't do any real external open source work anymore. I have a project that I'm working on to do some. Uh, it, it's basically a neural network type project doing AI, but it's nothing important, nor is it publicly hosted right now. Gotcha. All right. Well, why don't we uh, wrap this up? Is uh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, blog or Twitter feed or anything like that? Uh, I have a blog, codearmada.com. Uh, I'll be posting Unity updates as I go. It's really developer-oriented, talking about all the little bit twiddly stuff we're doing. That'd be cool. That's probably a good one to follow then if you want to keep up with what's changing and maybe some of the stuff that isn't for the Joe, Joe Schmo user. Yeah, I just actually just the other week got my Ubuntu membership so I could actually have my blog show up on Planet Ubuntu. Oh, very cool. So we'll definitely be looking for it there for sure. Hey, before we let you go, just a quick question. Um, now, I know one of the other projects that's going on is Wayland. Do you know anything about that and how's Compass uh, contributing to that? Oh, yeah, I can speak boatloads about Wayland. Um, okay. So Wayland is a basically a replacement for the display part of X. It doesn't really replace the inputs or any of the other stuff X does. Um, Right. It doesn't have anything like network transparency or stuff like that. Um, But what it does have is basically everything you would need to make a super fast, super slick, composited window management environment. Right. Um, So when we start thinking about Wayland in terms of Unity, what we think is currently the way Compass works is it's basically hard-coded into X11. Uh, there's a lot of X calls throughout the entire thing. And so what we would do is abstract that out into a plugin and then make a Wayland plugin. 
Okay. And by doing this, you would essentially make Compiz the first cross-server window manager. And it's it we we've been thinking about it for a long time actually, and and so we have to you know work on porting Compiz to OpenGLES. Uh, we have to port Nux to OpenGLES, and then uh, from there, it's actually not that far off. Uh, the big cool. issue, I think, with Wayland is that it doesn't have a lot of the features that X has. So we're still a ways off before we can get into the land of Wayland. Okay. No, I was just curious about that, because I, I, there was a lot of talk about that, and then suddenly it seemed like it just went by the, the back burner. Yeah, and I think part of that came from the fact that, like, a lot of the talk from it really wasn't from the engineering team. Like, I, I don't know much of the DX team that was sitting there going, yeah, Wayland's going to be the future. Most of us were sitting there going, yeah, Wayland's going to be the future in, like, four years. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I know we look forward to new pretty technology out there in the future. Yeah, and Wayland definitely has a future with Linux. It's just going to be a little further out than some of the more sensational websites think it will be. It, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's really good to see that you guys are doing that, though. I, you know, so often you guys, you, you, you hunker down and you work on your, your six-month incrementals. And so it's. I always love seeing those posts from Mark where he's doing the, the far-reaching goal to say, you know what, I know that we're... we're you know, we're cranking for our six month deadlines, but we're still out here looking at the long term for answers to problems that, you know, will come up that we know we will have and thinking ahead, always smart to do. And the amazing thing about those blog posts is the conversation it gets going. Oh you yeah. Know, Mark is when all the engineers world. wake up and go, What? <laughs> you committed to exactly. what? <laughs> what was it? Uh Windicators, window indicators. Yeah, the first I, time I, the engineering team heard about them was when they were on Mark's blog. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask about that, but I kind of figured that I haven't heard a, a peep about it in a long time. That that I figured that Unity's uh, got enough stuff for you guys to work on for now. You clearly do not read the Ayatana mailing list. No, I don't actually. It's like all they talk about. Oh, really? Yeah. That I don't read that thread, but there's <laughs> a. They talking about a lot of work going on, or okay, you don't read it, so you're not really sure. It, it it's like a lot of like, what are we going to do with it? Kind of conversation is my understanding. Gotcha. Um, find a deep field and bury it. <laughs> I do not like that idea at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of it either, but you know, I've been wrong in the past, so maybe I'm wrong this time too. Right. You know, prove me wrong, but yikes. <laughs> Um, yep. Well, it's definitely been fun and uh, interesting to kind of get a in behind the scenes viewpoint of the Unity changes that are coming here very quickly in Natty, uh, with the release date coming up uh, what towards the end of April here. Uh, yeah, end of April. <clears throat> <laughs> Dear God, does it feel like a freight train yet? That's what uh, that's the question. Yeah, we're we're really wondering if the light at the end of the tunnel is the train or the end of the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out soon. But so thanks so much, Jason, for sitting down with us. I really appreciate it. And um, you know, we'll we'll get this out and we'll see uh, see what's coming. Awesome. Thanks Best so much. Best of luck to you. All right, so we can't thank Jason enough for sitting down with us and uh, giving us some great insight into what's going on, you know, behind closed doors there at Canonical, which really isn't all that closed doors now that you mention it. And we'll have links to the milestones page that he talked about 
and uh, to the scroll bar information that he was a fan of in the show notes. We'll definitely have to check out the Ayatana mailing list as well. It seems where all the action is happening. Do you follow that at all? No, I don't. I hadn't heard about it until he mentioned it in the interview. Okay. I've seen links to it once in a while, but I kind of fear that it's one of those mailing lists that would flood too easily. <laughs> in the yeah. Eatman basket. <laughs> yeah. But so what do you think? Did it change any of your opinions talking with him about giving it more of a chance or not? Or I, Well, I was already going to give it the wait and see. Right. But I feel more comfortable with the wait and see attitude that I have. Because yeah. it, to me, it seemed like it seemed ambitious mm-hmm. initially. And I don't know. It I, I would say that they are definitely being incredibly ambitious about getting Unity out this release. Right. And I will be mildly surprised if they make it through. To be to be fair, yeah, I'm. I'm I, I hope I wish them the best. That's for sure. Yeah, I hope everyone gives you know realizes that that this is a long term goal. That that Unity, you know, what what comes out Natty Natty, you know, 1.0 or whatnot is not what the goal is for the overall vision of Unity, and that that's going to take a few more releases. And I think that gets lost in the hey, I switched over from my you know well-aged, all the features in the world, you know, window manager to Unity, which is the young upstart, and I lost all these features. And, uh, you know, the response from Canonical, you know, it seems like from Jason is, hold on, we're, we're working on those. We can only do so many features at a time. Well, I don't know if anyone remembers, you know, switching from, like, I, I switched from Windowmaker to Gnome. Uh, 1.0, and I know there was a lot of teething pains that I had with that. And even 1.0 to 2.0 was kind of painful as well so i think people get are, are getting very comfortable with the way that gnome works in that and i'm not sure if it's necessarily time for a change but i think it's time for a little discomfort and a little little way of, of thinking you know differently about how we attack the desktop I think the KDE users should relate. We had a we have a guy in our loco who's a big kubuntu fan and when they went from three to four uh, he basically refused to do a talk for us at our local user group because he wasn't a fan of 4. He was like, I can't use it. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. And it actually took, I think, four releases after 3. So um, after 4, like 4.3 or something like that, before right. he was willing to use it and give it a fair shake. So I know I know they had a lot of the same growing pains. And I think you know they went back and said, well, we should never have called it 4.0. We should have called it like an alpha or a beta or something when we first released it. And I, I have a feeling that Unity is going to go the same route. That you know, hey, here's Unity. That's great, but it still needs some cooking. Yeah, and I think GNOME is also in the same boat as well with GNOME Shell. Yeah, actually, I saw a really good blog post today where a guy compared. He he went from Unity to GNOME Shell and kind of went through some of his well, what he liked and what he didn't like, and uh, it was a real fair shake. I mean, he was kind of like, hey, I. I also, he's using he's using Unity now, so I think he's a little closer to a you know to shell than people jumping straight from, you know the uh, the previous versions of GNOME here, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. And we uh, Jason was very kind, and he set us up with uh, one of the lead developers in the Unity project, John Lee. And so we're going to sit down with him and have an interview with him, which which may have some distinct similarities, but we're hopefully we'll have some different uh, sides and we'll know about some of the other things going on that uh, Jason wasn't always as privy to or able to talk about. So uh, that'll be uh, coming up here in the next week or so. So make sure you subscribe to the feed and you look, keep a lookout for that. All unity all the time. Hey, it's a big thing coming. I think <laughs> I think April will be the month of unity. <laughs> with as much fragmentation as possible. 
All right, so on to books. Are you reading anything at all, Craig? No, I've given up reading for Lent. <laughs> that is a good call, giving up reading for Lent. I should uh, should try that one. <laughs> no, it's it's been a little crazy over here, so I haven't had a chance to really crack anything open. So um, on my way down to Python uh, to PyCon, I grabbed the uh, ProPython, thinking I would check it out and uh, do a little reading while you know psych myself up for some Python on the way down to the trip. You know, do a little warm ups exercises on the plane. And um, holy crap, that is a hard to follow book. Yeah, I, I I got about three chapters into that book, and after a while, I'm I'm was not terribly uh, inspired to keep reading it through it i mean there's a lot of good stuff in there but no actually and that's where i have to give it credit right is that uh, i haven't really gotten into a couple parts of python like the context managers and, and the decorators are something that i know um if i sit down with the docs i could figure out um but on the way down i happened to hit those sections and i thought you know this context managers might work really well for this code i'm currently working on for work so my first day at pycon i actually ended up changing this library I'm writing for work and then implemented context managers with it all because of what I had read in ProPython. And it made it made everything so much sweeter. I was looking at my code going, oh, this is what it was meant to be like. So it definitely gave me at least a few nuggets that, that visibly improved my work code immediately. So I will give it credit for that. However, after getting, I think I'm 60 plus percent of the way through the book, it's just like, wow, it, you're definitely chopping through the rough to find a nugget here and there to take out of it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how I felt too. I felt like I needed a, a sickle much like my golf game. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, we wanted to fill this episode mainly with our interview and we'll have more stuff coming soon for sure, but hopefully we will slow things down a bit from our torrent of PyCon coverage. So until next time I'm Rick Harding. I'm Craig Maloney. See you later. See you later.